praise your name, Lord. I do thank you. I celebrate your life here tonight. I celebrate your word here tonight that as we get into this, that, Lord, our hearts, our lives would be changed tonight as a result of spending time here together and hearing your word. Lord, I thank you for transforming us more and more into the image of your son, Jesus. Father, here we are. Do your work, your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to get to share again tonight. Um, last Sunday night, we've been looking at things. We, we started, I was looking at things of what God wants to defeat in his people. That There are things that if we're not careful, they creep into us. And it kind of is a subtle kind of thing that comes in. And if we're not careful, they can, uh, they can affect our lives greatly. Last week, we looked at spiritual apathy. Where we looked at, where Jesus said in, in Revelation, Hey, I know your works. You're doing some good stuff. However, you've lost this desire, this passion that really connect with me. It's like you're going through the motions, but yet I want to do more. And so he, he invited us to say, hey, turn back. We, we want to do this. We want to make sure we don't want to just go through the motions. We want to be passionately in love with him and pursuing him and doing the things that he wants us to. Well, tonight we want to take on another topic and one that is very, um, that very near and dear to Jesus's heart in that this is the one where he spoke the harshest to that had that kind of condition in them. Uh, first of all, let me say this. Jesus doesn't hate anybody, but he did speak harshly to certain people more so than others. And the reason why is because there were attitudes and there were things that got involved that he said, hey, I got to get this really serious. This is serious. If you don't get this dealt with, it will affect you and everybody around you. Matter of fact, this thing I'm going to talk about tonight in our summer of renewal season, not nearly a series, but a season going through this. This is one that we have to defeat. And it's this word we call hypocrisy. Believe it or not, hypocrisy is grown in the church. (laughs) That's where it grows at. It's not grown outside. It actually grows inside the church. Now, I know this. I know it's outside too. But the ones that he was addressing that he spoke the most harsh, he spoke the most harsh to was those inside the church. And I know we all have definitions or we have things that we think it is. Let me say right off that This is one of the number one reasons as I'm going about and talking to people and inviting them to church and probably the same thing in your life when you invite people to church, like, I ain't going to church. There ain't nothing but a bunch of... (laughs) See, y'all heard it too. Y'all talk to the same people. Maybe we witnessing the same folks. Ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites hanging out there. Of course, my response to them is usually something like this. Well, I just go ahead and tell you, if I were you, I wouldn't go to Walmart, <laughs> and I wouldn't go to Cracker Barrel, and I wouldn't go to McDonald's, and I wouldn't go to I wouldn't go to any of those places because you know what? If there's probably some hypocrites hanging around there, and if if your problem is hanging around there, you may want to just go ahead and stay home and deal with that because they're everywhere. They're everywhere, and so. Uh, but Jesus tonight, this was really. What we want to do is deal with what's in our heart, not what's in somebody else's, because the biggest thing is, is it's in us. And so I'm going to, I'm going to look at a few things on what this is. And 
what this not our, uh, one of the theologians of our day, Brennan Manning, put it this way. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. It's, it's what our actions say more than what our words say, what our lips say. And, um, and we'll look a little bit later at how one of this, this big media blitz, um, one of the, the biggest reasons for that. But for us tonight, we want to make sure that our lifestyle backs up what Jesus is doing on the inside. Um, one of my one of my mentors in the faith had a tremendous impact on my life is Billy Godwin. Many of you know him, love him. He's in heaven right now. Can't wait to go see him. But he he would share. We spent a lot of time, alone time together. And he, God, and you've heard him say this before, I'm sure, that God was not going to allow him to keep preaching the way he was preaching and living the way he was living. That something had to change between his preaching and his living, that he wasn't going to let him keep doing that. In other words, there had to be a change within him. And I want to tell you, as ministers, we have to deal with it just as much as anybody. I, when I'm when I'm going over this stuff, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, Jesus, you're right. Okay, let me let me have it. Give it. Come on, give. I mean, when I say give it to me, I'm not talking about the words. <laughs> I'm talking about let me have it right here. I want it to make sure it's real in my life." Not just simply sharing words. Um, let, let, first of all, let's say what hypocrisy is not. Can we do that? What, it, what it's not. It's not a, the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. This is a Romans 7 thing. You know, where Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't do, you know, that I don't want to do, I do. Who will deliver me from this? It's not a matter of a genuine battle with our flesh nature that we take up the battle and we are battling. That's not what it is. This is not like, hey, I'm, man, I've got these, these struggles going on. That's what Paul's saying. That's not what it is. It's not me, um, simply, uh, uh, you know, it's not my bad thoughts. Like when something pops in my brain, oh, I'm a hypocrite because I thought something I wasn't supposed to. It, it's not something where, um, where, where it's a, 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 a struggle that happens every now and again. It, it's a lifestyle. It's not that one thing that we struggle with. So that's not what it is. Uh, what it, that's what it's not. What it is is this. It's the gap between what we show and who we are. In other words, there's an outward and an inner thing that takes place. And if we're not careful, it, it's what we say versus how we live. Um. I've said it over and I will continue to say church is not a place for us to come and display our goodness. To tell and show everybody, look how good I am. I'm so good. It's a place where we come and allow God to do his work in us to show how good he is. It's like all of us have a need. And so we we love doing that. So it's a matter of what we say versus how we live. Um, the uh, The... Here's, here's the difference. It's like public persona versus private character. It's like what other people think about me. And, and I've, there's some people that think a lot more highly of me than I do. I'm like, Lord, help me. You know, you, you've heard the thing about the dog. Lord, help me be the person my dog thinks I am. Like, <laughs> he's the one. 
oh, you're so wonderful. Like, like your dog is like, oh, you're so wonderful. <laughs> you know, I have some of my young people that have grew up with me, and I'm like, Lord, help me to be as good as they think I am, because I know the difference, and uh, I, I don't perceive that in any way to think. And so here's what the word looks like in the Greek. I want to break that down for just a minute. Um, hypocritos, which is about the same thing, and it re- references an actor, a stage player, and the one that hides behind a mask. And I just thought, you know what? I've traveled the world, and uh, I've shared dramas over and over again. Many of you have seen them, and it's a mask that people put on. And this is our mask, like when we do a drama, where where people would put something up and it would look like something like real religious got a cross over here. It looks good. And inside, when they would pull it down, they were actually blind. That's what Jesus called the religious leader of his day. They said they were like blind people leading blind people. They were sitting on the outside. It's like, oh, we've got it. We know. And they would proclaim. They would proclaim to know God. But yet on the inside, they were really far from him. And that's what uh, Titus 1.16, it says this. They profess to know God, but their deeds, by, by their deeds, they deny him. In other words, many people know about God, but God wants us to know him just as we're fully known. And he doesn't want us. We don't have to put on airs. We don't have to come and say, hey, I'm one, nothing's wrong here. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. Because those of us that's been with the Lord go, oh, it's really that bad? <laughs> Ooh. It, it, it's kind of like, and this is just one of my things that I, I always notice, that whenever you see the social media we call Facebook, I always worry when I see a husband or a wife posting about how wonderful their wife or their husband is. On Facebook, my husband is the most, over and over, day after day, it, it's the most one. I was like, oh, it's bad. It's it's. It's real, and, and it pretty holds pretty true. It, it holds pretty true. A few months later, it's like, what? They're divorced. They're sad. but I thought they were wonderful. And what they were trying to do is to promote to everybody else, look how wonderful we are. Instead of doing, I'm like, what? Well, you don't need to post that there. Hey, just, hey, you're so wonderful. <laughs> I love you. You're incredible. I'm gonna tell the other, the whole world instead of them. And, and I'll tell you, sometimes it can be rough. They, what they share with each other is not what they share with everybody else is the problem. So it, Jesus said it this way. The religious leaders, they love to pray in public places. They love to be seen. They, they're outward. It's like they would, they would celebrate their fasting and let everybody know, I'm surrendering to the Lord. I'm, I'm laying down my life. And they would get the, the solemn faces like, just serving Jesus. And Jesus said, that's not the way you're supposed to do it at all. Or they would give something and they want to let everybody know, look how wonderful I am. Look what I've done. So Jesus said, no, we do that stuff in secret. God will reward openly. And so it says they profess to know God, but their deeds, what they were actually doing, uh, denies him. And so this, these are the group that Jesus spoke the most harshly over. Now in Matthew chapter 23, 
There's the seven woes. And if you've never took time to go study those, we're not going to go over all of those tonight. But it's woe to. Woe to you. And, and if your name shows up in there, that's not a good thing. But it's mainly to the Pharisees. So he starts this series of woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and uncleanliness, uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. In other words, what they promoted to people and what they actually lived behind people out from the public, their public is like this, but behind closed doors, that's where Jesus was calling them out. Matter of fact, in verse 33, he went on to say, um, little encouragement to him, you serpents, <laughs> you brought about, you snakes, how will you escape the sentence of hell or the wrath that is to come? Now, there's one thing I got to say in this, the reason Jesus was doing this was to hopefully they would receive it and change. It wasn't to condemn them. Many people take scripturally, they thought Jesus was condemning them and that goes completely against the scripture himself. What Jesus himself said in John three seventeen: for the son of man didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. World being those who are far from him. And, and here these are these men who claim to have the word of God, who claim to be promoting, literally carrying forth God's word, they were so far away from him. They didn't even recognize him showing up in the flesh. And so it literally comes down to a thing of wants to look good on the outside, but being dirty on the inside. Uh, wants to have the illusion of public virtue, but having private vices. Um, where it's like, hey, you know, everything's great here, but inside, that's where Jesus is more interested in. So, um, he wasn't simply calling out the sin, he was calling out the show. He was saying, hey, I, I, I got a, the sin I can deal with. The show is the problem. You're, you're presenting something. I, I can't deal with that because I, I, I can, he can deal with sin. This has to do with us going, I want to make myself better than what I really am. Now, the reverse of that, we've got to be careful of us, is many people want to make themselves out to be worse than what they really are. It's like, this is Jesus is the one we stay connected to and we allow him to do what he wants to. Um, this is really what it breaks down to. It's like doing something, but acting like you don't. In other words, calling things out in somebody else, but yet you yourself keep doing it. It'd be like me. I would be a tremendous hypocrite and I'm going to go ahead and share my faults. Can I share my faults with my brothers and sisters right here? One of them, there's many, but one of them, if I were to call somebody else about calling somebody out about speeding, because that's one of my struggles to get somewhere. I'm always wanting to get somewhere for some reason. And I got this, this right foot of mine. I don't know if when it happened, it might've been when I was born, but, um, I think there's there, there's a magnet in it, and when they made the floorboard out of metal, when I put my foot on that, it just wants to go. Oh, it's a, it's oh, it's going to the floorboard. Um, I would be a hypocrite if I just wanted to say, "You need to stop speeding. You, you just need to stop," because I'd be looking in the mirror, going, 
Okay, excuse me just a second. I need to look in the mirror before I talk to you. You need to stop speaking. (laughs) There are things in our lives that we want to call out in others. And by the way, let me say this. Usually, the thing that's operating in us that we have the biggest problem or the thing that causes us to react the greatest is usually something that's in us. It's, that's what, that's what stirs it up. Like, you need to, it's like, oh, it's really big in us. And so that's why we call it out so many times and, and we're so vicious about it. Let me say this, as I mentioned a moment ago, social media is probably one of the biggest mediums that we do for this thing of hypocrisy. It's all about showing our best side. It's like, look, most people, they spend more time trying to get the picture just right that they're going to put on there than they do, you know, reading the Bible. There was one person that wanted to get just the right picture of them showing them doing Bible study. So they had to get the coffee cup right there and they had to go like, "Uh uh-oh, the Bible, hey, reading right here. I'm like, they probably spend more time. No, that's not a good one. No, that's not a good one. <laughs> Look at me. Look, I'm, I'm reading the Bible, y'all. I'm loving Jesus. Let me say this. We, we, Jesus, I mean, he was so good. He said, Look, you seek the Father in private. You go in, Jesus said in Matthew, go into your closet. Yeah. Not go into Starbucks. <laughs> Not going there. I mean, you can do that. Anybody that I've had people say, I just go into Starbucks and read the Bible. I said, no, you don't. You go into Starbucks to look like you're reading the Bible, really wanting to connect with other people because that's where other people are. I don't get up in the morning and go, oh, let me go read the Bible in there. I'm going to, I sit in my house away from anybody where nobody can get to me and I can sit here and just study and read and allow him to pour his truth into me and, and connect that way. Let me say Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy. That's why he was so hard on it because of the show. He wanted to make sure he had unlimited grace for a sinner, but he had a real struggle about, hey, you're pretending to be something you're not. And sinners, he he can handle that. Forgiveness, he can do that. It's just when you pretend, I don't have that. That's his biggest thing. One of the other woes is found in verse 25 of Matthew 23. We're just going to look at these two. It says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. And then that word with an exclamation point, hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they're full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. In other words, and the church is notorious for, do this, 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 and this, and then you'll be close to God. And it'll never happen. How many have ever tried to get on the treadmill of perfection, and you got on there and said, well, if I do this, if I read my Bible, I get it, and I'm going to do it, and Jesus, I'm gonna, and we make tremendous, I'll, I'm going to read, I'm going to read the Bible in, in a week. You know, I'm just going to sit down and just read it through. I've shared with y'all before where I was going to, you know, I had this grandeur thing. I, I read the Bible through every every year, and I, I, I'm, on, I'm ahead this time. I'm almost finished with my first time. Because a few years ago, I said, I'm going to read the Bible twice, through twice. And I started, and it's about, oh, somewhere around 20 chapters a day. And um, 
which is great because you, you, morning, noon, and night. I even use Daniel's model. Morning, noon, and night. It's great if you can do that. But if you get off one day, one day, one day, you begin to, and I literally, I did a speed reading course through the Bible. I got more frustrated. I got more angry. I got more mad as I'm sitting here going, I was mad at people because they were interrupting me like, I need to read the Bible. Leave me alone. I was mad at my wife. I'm reading the Bible, honey. I'm sorry. I know the grass needs to be cut, but I've got to do this first. What happens is it was me trying to, it's a great thing. Reading the Bible, nothing wrong with it, but I'd set a standard to go, I need to do that. And somehow that would make me, that you like that God right now. I will say it, it did encompass my mind enough, but I wasn't, as far as my note taking, as far as God demonstrating and showing me nuggets in his word, I didn't get any of that. I got rocks in my heart out of it, but I didn't get any nuggets out of his word because I was just so locked into, and it was, I'd get mad. And it got to the point where it was a burden for me to bring, to, to read the word of life. There was no life coming in. I was turning to, hmm. I want to say to us that we've got to be careful that when we're, we put things on us that we don't allow our good works to somehow make us clean. In other words, it's out of what Jesus does in us on the inside. That's why it says, don't worry about the outside. If we'll connect inwardly, if we'll allow Holy Spirit, come in here, do what you want to do, the outside, he even said that, first clean the inside so that the outside may become clean also. What we try to do so many times is, and what we do to other people is we give them rules. You do this, 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 and this. And we wonder why people somehow can't walk with the Lord. It's because I'm trying, I'm trying to do all this stuff. And my thing is, hey, look, what you have to do, you got to get along with the Lord. You got to listen. You got to connect this way. You got to listen to him. You've got to develop your relationship this way and walking them hand in hand and helping them to understand that. One, we keep from creating more hypocrites because they don't want to dare tell you that they didn't read the Bible. Let's be honest. How many of you ever felt condemned because you didn't read your Bible like you were supposed to? And the devil is right there. How dare you? You're not even reading. The, you're not even saved. Look at you. you. Ain't even reading your Bible. And I want to tell you, we read that out of relationship, not out of religion, not out of rules. And that's what Jesus. And I, I'll tell you, for me personally, um, one of the most humbling things is to admit when you miss it. I've got friends where we, we have the freedom to, to call each other up and say, man, hey, how you doing? No, no, no. How you doing? <laughs> no, how are you doing? <laughs> it's me we're talking about. And they do the same thing. Hey, man, how you doing? Like, I'm doing, I'm doing well. <laughs> I was talking to one the other day and he goes, you doing well? I was like, I'm doing well. You know, you can use that word well, and you go, well, well. As a matter of fact, I'm doing well. And we got to have about an hour conversation on things that were going around and going in my heart. I said, hey, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to have people that's in your life that love you and love the Lord 
to just say, hey, I'm just here to walk through this with you. I'm just here for your betterment. I'm here to make you uh, better than what you are. And I'm thankful for that. What happens is if we don't do that, I'd rather be an honest sinner than a lying hypocrite, just so you know. I'd rather be honest about mine than lying and say, hey, no, it's all good. I don't have any problems. Um, if we're not careful, we'll preach grace, but then pick, uh, pick people apart. We'll just rip them up. We'll be like, hey, if you ever catch yourself looking at people and the first thing you notice is what's wrong with them, you might be a hypocrite. I could start, I started to go down that road. <laughs> you know, you might be a redneck. I started to go down that road, but I was like, I got real, I was like, some of those, I was like, no, I better not do that one. <laughs> Maybe at another time. You might be a hypocrite if. <laughs> and so, um, we have to be careful that we stay connected. That we, we, I can only love people to the degree that I allow God to love on me. We can only free people to the degree that I allow him to free me. Otherwise, I'll put burdens on people I don't even want. That's what the Pharisees, they were putting burdens on people they weren't even living up to. And so we'll expect people to do stuff that we're not even doing. And so I want to be careful that we don't do that. Um, um, We've got to be careful um, that we don't make people think something that really isn't true. Here's one of the verses. This is what Proverbs 28, 13 says this. Solomon is right near. He said, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them and forsakes them will find compassion. See, what we've got to be careful is, is that um, as far as what we walk through and what walks through us is whatever, whatever we hide, hides in us. We're not hiding it from anybody else. Whatever we hide, it hides in us. We think, oh no, everything's fine, and it's not. It's right there. Um, the uh, that it, it'll it, it gets there, and the more we try to hide it, the worse it gets, and the bigger it grows, because we just won't simply expose it and say, "I'm, I'm here to, to to rip that out. I want it gone." I don't like that attitude. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that whatever it is, that thought pattern. I don't like it. I want it gone, and I'll do whatever it takes to get that out of there. I don't want it to sit in me. The, another one way to put it is this. We're, we are as sick as our secrets. We are only as sick as our secrets. Whatever we want to hide and say, I, I don't want anybody to know my stuff, I'll tell you this. It, it stays in us. And, and let me say this. This isn't a heaven, this isn't above the sun thing, this is a below the sun thing. In other words, Jesus settles our eternity. Like, there's nothing I can do. This isn't a matter if I'm good. You know, he did say they're in danger of hell. He didn't say they were going to hell. They're in danger of the wrath to come. Jesus is the only one that settles our eternity. In other words, I can't add anything to his sacrifice. But now how I live it out down here... The freedom I have, the joy I have, the the life I get to experience down here, this is where I don't have to pretend this is the battle we have. That we don't allow things to come in and, and snuff out the life of Jesus. And that's what the enemy, he operates in darkness. And so whatever darkness we allow and we don't expose it in us, it stays in there and it grows. And it stays and um, 
we got to be careful. That, that can be a tough one for us. So you and I have nothing to fear um, when you have nothing to hide. You've got nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. You know, you're not worried about somebody coming. It's like, hey, yep, what else? I already know that one. I'm not trying to hide that. You're not trying to hide it. There's nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. Um, You can stand before God and just, Lord, here it is. Nothing to hide before you. That's what Jesus, he just lived his life perfectly blameless, not worried about seeing his father. He had already committed. Like, there's nothing to hide here. It's what he loved to do. Now, here's the battle that we have. Um, In Psalms 51, verse 6, it says this. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost parts, innermost being. And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. David wrote this after he had fallen into sin with Bathsheba. And he was saying, that's where you want truth. It's not, it's not living in denial that I didn't do it. It's like acknowledging it and then dealing with it and getting rid of it. Where it doesn't get to hang around, exposing it. The problem that many of us do is we try to close these gaps with perfection by works. That when I see a fault in my, when I see a fault in me, many times what I'll do and what you'll do is we'll think I've got to do more and do more of it, be better at it. Then it'll go away and it'll fill the gaps like, whew, man, that's, 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 I'll just work my way out of this. And really it's the same thing as digging a hole. And you keep digging, saying, I'll get out of here. Let me keep going. I'll get out of here. Let me keep going. I'll just dig. Here, let me go. Let me go. You're getting deeper. It's like, man, it started out up to the knees. Now I'm up over my head. I'll just keep getting out of here. And, and, and God's saying, no, that's not how we do that. We close the gap with Christ. And we close the gap with each other. In, in uh, James chapter 5, it talks about how we go to God for forgiveness but we go to each other for healing. And um, this is, we'll close with this scripture here in Psalms 139, where David said it best this way. He said, search me. When's the last time you said, God, here, search me, go through. I, I want, I want, here you're talking about, about a man that had, he had committed adultery. He had committed murder. He had hid it. He had, he thought, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do away with this. Even went to the point of, this is how bad I want to hide my sin. Cover it up so nobody knows. And this is the man that said, search me, God. Search me. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. The things that keep, that keep bombarding me. Know those things. And he says, see. After he does that, after search, see it. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. When's the last time you took a moment and said, Lord, search me? Lord, is there anything where I'm putting up airs, where I'm trying to make people believe something I'm not? Where I'm trying to just put a good face forward instead of just living a reality that, Lord, I've blown it, but Lord, your grace is sufficient and create an environment of people around you that you can do that with? I'm telling you, the church is yet to see when we create an environment where people can come forward and deal with their stuff without the guilt, fear, and shame that somehow you'll be going to be tossed out. Most people will not share their stuff because of one reason. Because of the fear 
of what's going to come after that. And I say to you, I'm not encouraging or advocating, just go go tell everybody whatever it is you've done. I would not do that. But I would find some trusted people. I would find people that love the Lord and love you enough that you can say, hey man, it'll be the hardest conversation you ever have. It will be. But it'll be the most powerful conversation you'll ever have. To say, hey, can I talk to you just a second? Can I share with you just for a minute? I've got some stuff I want to share. You're probably not going to like it, and you probably won't like me anymore after it. But when you share it, and you go, hey, you'll find out. There's a grace. There's a love that comes. There's a thing that, that it's, it's, it's the other opposite way that we always find ourselves in trouble, that we try to hide it, and we don't ever share. So why do I bring this up? I know that many people in here, you, you don't deal with that. None of y'all deal with hypocrisy. Only, only me, i got to battle that. But here's what I, the reason I bring this up. If that's the number one reason why people don't come into the door, what if we get rid of that? Won't that be the number one reason they come in the door? That would be the number one reason that people... Man, I showed up in there, and man, I had this mess and junk, and my life was completely out of control my marriage was on the, was a, was a mess. My, my job, I'm about to lose everything. I was about to lose everything. I showed up and these people walked me through the process with love and grace that demonstrated the love of Jesus, the power of God, and just helped me in every aspect. And my life has completely changed as a result of that. I promise you the power of that will transform lives and you can't, we can't have enough services. For people to get in the door to say, I, I want that in my life. I don't, I don't, I'm tired of living with the guilt, the shame, the fear. And so that's my challenge for us tonight. I, I know right now that there are people that, um, I deal with the thing that, um, people being, and you've, you've heard of it being one way in the church. Maybe you've been there being one way of the church and then being another way at home. You know, where you, know, you go through the process of, of you, you, on the way to church, and you know the mom and dad, and the kids are in the back seeing it, and then like, oh, 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 oh. And then they show up at church, and everybody's smiling. Hey, how you doing? No problem. And the kids like, what? There's no problem. <laughs> what? There's a lot of problem. It, it's it's a thing where we all know of of different one where we try to show something or. Um, Act Christian and have a secret addiction going on. Have something that really has a hold of, of our life. Um, it's also, you, you, we try to demonstrate how much stuff we have, and yet we may be in, up to our eyeballs in debt, but everybody else thinks we've got it all. Man, look, you got, you got the house, you got the car, you got everything, and you're struggling just to make the payments, and they're about to start coming getting stuff, and so you put pressure on your significant other, like, you got to go to work, you got to go to work now, we got Got to have some more money. Um, I just want to challenge us that um, we drop anything that even resembles a mask. And, and we don't have that as a part of our life. And we just throw it away and say, I, I don't need to pretend anything. I'm not afraid of, I, I, I love my brothers and sisters in Christ and they love me. And we want to walk out in truth and allow truth to reign and rule the day. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you.
that Jesus, you demonstrated what love was like. You demonstrated your love towards us in that while we were still at our worst and doing our own thing, Jesus, you didn't wait for us to get it together. It says, while we were still in our mess, Jesus, you died for us. And Lord, there is no greater love than a man have than he lay down his life for his friend. And you even went on to say, even greater than that, not just a friend. You said, seldom would a man die for his friend, much less a sinner. And Lord, you did that. Tonight, God. Tonight, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you would break in us, every one of us. Lord, you would, you would, by your grace and mercy and your truth, show us areas. Lord, areas where things have tried to creep in to where we tried to make ourselves out to be better. I love what your word says in Romans 12, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but think each one with the measure of faith we've been given. Lord, I thank you that tonight, that Lord, you're the only one, Lord, that we connect, that that we're measured up to, not each other. You use each one individually and separate. So Lord, we can't compare ourselves to each other. Lord, that you're, you're the standard. Lord, tonight, Help us lay down anything that has tried to creep in and and cause us to just put on a charade and put on a mask tonight. Help rip that off and help us to live humble, obedient lives, just seeking you, loving you and allowing you to love, uh, love us and love others. God, do your work in us. I thank you right now. Take just a minute. I encourage you, if you would. I want you to take a moment. Search yourself. Ask, do that. Do that right now. Lord, search me. Search me. See if, see if there's a way contrary to the way you would act. As you're allowing the Holy Spirit to search, and if he kind of zeroes in on something, this isn't a time where we begin to tell ourselves how bad we are. This is where we realize we are sinners, and we recognize why Jesus came. And the Bible's very clear in, in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our faults, our sin, He's faithful and just to, to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not a matter of saying, look how bad I am. It's a matter of saying, look how good you are, Jesus. This is why you came, to get rid of this out of me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, here's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to start that for you here tonight. I'm not going to belabor it. I just wanted to kind of kickstart it. I hope you won't stop. I hope that you'll take some time every day to say, Lord, hey, hey, how am I doing? What, not what, hey, Lord, see what I'm doing, but Lord, how am I doing? <laughs> Lord, how's it going? And then we don't try to add things to it. Many times we try to do that and say, well, I'm, you know, I messed up. I didn't do it just right this way. But Lord, I'm, I'm leaning on you and I'm leaning into you and I'm listening to you, not myself. Amen. If you would stand up with me, I want to pray for you. I'll be available for prayer after the service as well. But I want to bless you. and Thank you, Lord Jesus. Open your hands to receive from him. Father God, you're the creator of the universe. You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. 
And in so doing, Lord, you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.